Hello everybody, <laughs> almost forgot to wish everybody Happy New Year and hope you've had a good game week so far. We look at Liverpool now, their win over Leicester, helped by a certain defender of the Foxes, making sure that we check all the boxes as Liverpool yet again close the game out with relative conviction, analysing how the front two of Salah and Darwin went on while making sure Leicester still requires James Madison in order to be relevant for FPL purposes. Liverpool without Fabinho usually spells trouble. With the Brazilian on family leave, Jordan Henderson had to take up the defensive midfield role, which meant Harvey Elliott came back into the side as right central midfield. Otherwise, everything remained the same and it was about maximising the front two potential of Darwin and Nunes as Oxley chamberlain took up the left wing role in a relatively disciplined manner. As it says on the tin, everything depended on Jordan Henderson. When he mops up from defensive midfield in tackling aggressively near the centre circle, he can initiate attacks using his underrated passing ability. When he misses, however, he exposed the entire back four, sometimes basically <laughs> leaving it a wide open gap as Dewsbury Hall demonstrated with his opening goal in, in the fourth minute itself. The clash in terms of chemistry here came down to his role versus Van Dijk's role in defence. Now, Van Dijk himself is a relatively aggressive ball winner and if Henderson at DM also aggressively won the ball, there left a huge gap in the centre of defence where Patton Daka would usually be marked by Gomez as well. Sorry, Matip in this case. So. Essentially, any midfielder that breaks through Henderson has a free run at goal and that was how Dewsbury Hall took advantage. Fortunately, Leicester almost never took advantage of this gap. Although Henderson did let one through in the 61st minute itself, once again with Kevin Dewsbury Hall benefiting. So the plus side to all of this really is that Trent Alexander-Arnold on the right side played extremely wide and as a result, Robertson, the more offensive attacker last game week against Aston Villa, was a third centre-back in essence. So on the flanks, you had Oxlade, Chamberlain on the left side, the two central midfielders of Elliot and Thiago, with Trent Alexander on the right side, basically supplying crosses from deep and wide positions. Having said that, Trent's output in this particular case was relatively sparse and really it was about, ironically, counter-attacks that gave Salah and Nunes just enough chances to secure the win. Nunes in particular was an absolute workhorse playing the young Harry Kane role, running into the channels, using his passing ability to catch defenders off guard, if not shooting himself. His shot off the post really deserved the goal there and fortunately enough, owners have some reason to remain optimistic as he continues to receive big chance after big chance and whether he scores, well, we shall see how he is next game week. At the same time, for the first time in a very long while, we have somebody that actually wants to pass to Mohamed Salah. So Nunes' role, even though lacking in terms of finishing, 
is probably going to benefit Salah. So owning both at this stage is a relatively risky ploy, but with Man City faltering, really, it's just about timing when to let go of these two lads. Because, I mean, what other premium midfield you have, right? Leicester City. Without James Madison or Dennis Pratt this time, Ayuzi Perez was on the right wing. The relatively structured 4-2-3-1 this time round sacrificed Yuri Tielemans, understandably, for a relatively defensive duo of Somare and Wilfred Ndidi. So it has to be said that Leicester, after the opening goal, did not get any chances at all until the opening parts of the second half. Once again, it has to be said that Chen Dewsbury Hall, KDH, is going to be extremely threatening for Leicester as long as James Madison isn't present. So this is probably cliff notes that we can use whenever Madison's injury occurs again next up. But for now, we just have to witness how KDH is able to supply Harvey Barnes in particular using his one-touch passing to release KDH all the way, uh, to release Barnes, sorry, all the way on the flanks. Once again, we have to question Brendan Rodgers' game management because after Liverpool took the lead in the 45th minute, Brendan Rodgers had 45 minutes, an entire half, to come up with a game plan to come back into the game. The answer, at least from his perspective, was to eventually shift into his usual tried and true 4-4-2, which has yet to score goals, by the way. So eventually, Vardy came on, replacing the injured Patson Daka. We had Ikea Nacho come on as well. Then we had various wingers attempted to combine with them in the second half, ultimately not bringing any product. In fact, these substitutions converted Leicester's relatively stable midfield three in midfield, yeah, three, into a midfield two because they had to chase the games. And it opens themselves up to players that can score goals, late goals on the counter-attack, taking advantage of Leicester's frailty. Now, I'm pretty sure everybody owns Mitrovic, so I don't have to talk about his potential on the counter against Leicester. But if you are looking at somebody other than Andreas Pereira because you didn't own him on wildcard, then William is a fantastic counter-attacking option to have. Furthermore, if you look a little bit further ahead, they go up against Newcastle, Nottingham Forest and Brighton up next. The names are rather obvious here. Almiron for Newcastle is a no-brainer to own and to keep. While Nottingham Forest isn't that obvious unless you are extremely keen on Brennan Johnson. Now, for Brighton, things get really interesting because Kaoru Mitoma has embodied the idea of counter-attacks from Brighton because of how direct and how pacey he is. So there you go, three recommendations to take advantage of Leicester's frailties as long as James Madison remains injured. Grit brings goals. There are some games where the entire team plays a 5 out of 10. And really, you're looking for somebody to step up and take over the mantle. Woodfast will not get a rating here, but 
It was about who forced him into those own goals itself and really Darwin Nunes has to be given so much credit especially for that first assist. Now moving forward we at least know that there are certain players who will continue to give 6.5 out of 10s no matter what the circumstance and this is where you have to draw the line with Darwin Nunes. If you can see somebody that will outscore him, especially with double game weeks. You're welcome to play a 3-5-2 containing Haaland and Mitrovic so that you can put money into your midfield, bolster it up and potentially own some really big name players alongside Rashford, Almiron as your enablers. At the same time, really, targeting weak defences is a thing in FPL and Leicester at this stage, before they go into their League Cup break, really should be targeted at least once more by owning as many Fulham players as possible before that occurs. This is FPL Teacher, bringing you Wolves against Man United. <sighs> Up next.